Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast. It's Kirsty and Isaac here. This podcast was developed by and for Amazon sellers to highlight the very best strategies on how to grow your Amazon business and to get valuable insight from sellers to illustrate the ups and downs of selling on this incredible platform. In this episode, we're going to be speaking with a very close friend and member of ours who is an Amazon seller himself, Jean-Francois Trouchon, or JF, as he prefers to be called by us, who make a mockery of the French language when we speak it. <laughs> um, I say very close because he is actually Kersey's husband now. And we have all known each other since 2016 when we all met at one of our live workshops in Toronto. JF is now a multiple seven-figure seller on Amazon. And we wanted to bring him on today to discuss his journey from when he started to when he, we first met him and to where he is today. Yes, that's right. So it is a bit weird for me to interview my husband, but you know, <laughs> because the first thing I'm going to ask him is, so let's get to start to know you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to ask the question anyway, because not everyone knows you like I do, clearly. So let's start by getting to know you a little bit more so the audience can understand what your journey has been. So JF, Jean-Francois, what was life like before Amazon and how did you actually start selling? Hey, uh, Kirsty and Isaac, uh, it's actually very uh, strange to be interviewed uh, by your wife, but it's uh, very, very interesting as well because I don't share my story with a lot of people, especially with COVID. Uh, we all like uh, stuck to a house and our, our work. Uh, so it's a pleasure to have the chance to talk uh, to, the, to your podcast, guys, and uh, you guys have helped me back in the day a lot. So, um, yeah, when I started, actually, like my first, uh, my first encountered or um, with with Amazon, uh, Amazon FBA more precisely, uh, was like in 2014. Uh, when I stumbled upon a class that was offered online, I was on Robert Kiyosaki with that for that list. And uh, they had an email where it was Matt and Jason from, at the time, Amazing Selling Machine uh, that uh, were promoting this class. And I eventually uh, convinced myself to spend the money and get into this. And... Uh, I was working full time, obviously, and and not at all in business, not at all in you know uh, marketing or anything like that. And I had no idea how to sell anything online, so it was pretty. And uh, I had no idea um, why I was starting there uh, at the time, but I thought it was a cool idea, and uh, that's how I got I got started. Cool, yeah. But what and what were you doing before that? Because it was actually quite a different <laughs> um, career path. <laughs> that you were on? Yeah, so I'm a scientist by training. So I finished a PhD in chemistry and I, work, and I worked uh, for different organizations in the pharma industry. I worked for Merck, Vertex, and other software industry uh, where um, my, my role was to design drugs. So I was um, a chemist by training, but I'm a geek amongst the chemists. If you think geek, chemists are geeks, I was even more geeky than them uh, in the sense that I was uh, doing physics, math, and um, programming. So I had this uh, I had this ability to uh, use physics and math to predict properties of molecules. And I was hired by farmers to help them to uh, design uh, molecules to find, uh, hopefully, medicines for different diseases. So I work on things like cancer, uh, superosis, uh, to pain, on pain, on and other many other diseases as a specialist on their team. So um, that is 
uh, quite a leap if you consider that most people doing a PG, they are super passionate about doing. I was super passionate about what I was doing, but you know, the truth of the matter is that I became more passionate about um, you know uh, uh, business uh, over time. But at the time, I had no idea what I was doing. I just decided to join the uh, uh, this class. Then, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> you didn't have enough to do. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. So what you're telling me is that. Amazon, the world of Amazon took one of the top scientists of the world that could have probably stopped COVID-19, right? <laughs> uh, I was not in vaccine yet, so uh, I'm not sure I would have stopped that. Uh, but yeah, like it's a way to see it. Um, it's uh, <laughs> Well, you know, you build, a, I had followers, like, you know, I had uh, multiple papers written and I go, I'd be invited to go to different conferences in Paris and the US and anywhere else. So I had built a little career, career and a lot of friends in the field. So yeah, it was a big... A lot of people was were uh, scratching their head I, because eventually I left my job and that's where everybody was like, what? You know, but <laughs> there's a little bit of a gap between that moment when I started learning about Amazon and I left my job. But, you know, that's, uh, yeah, you're right, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, when, when we first met you, this was almost five years ago, four and a half years ago now. And, um, you know, when you, when you come to, to like a workshop, it's not because things are going perfectly. Usually it's, it's because something's missing and, and you're not something, you're just not quite getting something about the business that is going to help you basically get to where you want to go. So, you know, when you were, if you think back to that point of, you know, 2016, I think that was around May. Yeah. It was like May, the end of May, 2016, when we first met, what was, what was kind of going on in your business? What hurdles were you personally facing from the business and, and how'd you overcome them at that time? Well, that's a great question. So, um, so just to give you a bit, a bit of a backstory there, uh, when I started selling, I had this great idea that a lot of people have, unfortunately, is I said, I'm going to take a, a market that is huge and I'm going to take just a small piece of it and um, it's going to be enough money for the rest of my life, right? If, if it goes well. And I, I went to start to, to, to sell, you know, portable chargers and it was fitting all the criteria that um, the class I took uh, was, was were giving. So I was pretty happy about that. And it turned out after, after like the, the truth of the matter is, is when you start doing something like that, you learn a lot. So it was a great school. This, this, this brand was a great school, but a very um, rubbish business. So basically the, the challenge were one, one was um, the marketing was really hard because it's not niche. Uh, second, uh, the cost of go, good were high. It was a very competitive market, basically getting good product at a decent price. You'd have to have massive volume. And you had very, very competitive uh, companies who were doing very well on Amazon is, and actually grabbing all, all uh, the sales. So I had I'd made my first year about 250000 in top, top line, not much profit in that. Uh, that's the year 2015. Uh, and I, uh, I got to a point where I'm like, yeah, there's no money in my bank account. Like, where, where is this money going? It's going back in inventory. And if I want to scale and add more products, I had to... To spend about nine dollars, ten dollars per unit, uh, and then you order like three thousand, it's thirty grand. So it's very, very hard to uh, bootstrap a business like that. And I was not rich; like I had some money and I had a good job. But you know, uh, between this and investing thirty grand at the time to get a new SKU going, uh, you know, it's it's so. Basically, uh, I was I was at a point where I needed to understand better the the metrics, and I was quite curious about YouTube because uh, one of my friend uh, Steve uh, that um, 
invited me at least to the, to your uh, to your, uh, your boot camp. Uh, you said you know the, these guys are are real, and I'd seen Kirsty on stage, and she came across as a all right, girl. So uh, <laughs> I decided to uh, say, why not? And they're sharing numbers and they're pretty honest people and they're not uh, hypey and stuff. So I said, yeah, I'm going to give it a try. So that was uh, where I was. And at the time I was wondering, should I go a different direction? Should I grow this brand and do something totally different? So I was in a point where I knew that I couldn't keep growing that brand because uh, it was not profitable enough and I wouldn't have enough money to do, to do it. So um, that's where I went, I think, in May 2016 to uh, to uh, the workshop. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, we met you there. And then you did some magic. And <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that you weren't just a scientist and doing chemistry, physics, and math. You were actually doing magic on the side so that way you can impress all the ladies. <laughs> well, you know, impressing the ladies was totally secondary, but I, I'm... <laughs> You know, I'm someone who like to learn things and, and Kirsty can and speak to it, but I, I'm someone who is always like, I learned to be a barista, so I do latte art. I just love to, and now I'm doing uh, jujitsu. So unfortunately, COVID closed the school, but you know, I, I like to learn things that are um, just, and then seeing the, the lifestyle and the, my life and, and stuff like that. So yeah, magic was definitely one of those. And it's hard. So you have to practice hours watching TV, walking. I was walking to work uh, with, uh, you know, my cards in my hands. Uh, doing a lot of repeating the same move over and over again until I perfect it. So it's a bit of a, um, uh, I would say, uh, obsession. Uh, obsession, yeah. To want to get to into something to improve it, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that's obviously when we met you and you were doing your magic and everything. Um, but we we obviously went through the workshop. So we had a three day workshop. I mean, we went through some core concepts that we've been going through on obviously on the podcast and stuff as well. So. Well, I know that's when you decided to change complete direction in your business. So what was it? I mean, maybe it was something that we said or someone that you met at the workshop. What what was the catalyst for you to go, right, okay, I'm in the wrong business. I need to do something else. Um, yeah, so uh, one thing, I remember one one thing that was very, very, very helpful is uh, one day, I think it was to you, Kirsty, where uh, you were showing you, uh, your uh, product. Uh, launch uh, plan and you had the cost of goods sold and the margins and the return on investment on there. And I was like, huh, actually some people are paying that low for SKUs and actually the margins are that big. I was like, oh my Lord, I'm in the, the wrong, you know, long, wrong category for sure. And I was, I was like, huh. And uh, it, this is what really got me thinking about like, the, the business metrics. You know, I, I didn't have much uh, business exposure before. So I was looking at the problem more from a, a product perspective rather than a business perspective and, and number perspective. And although both have to talk together and be uh, aligned, uh, I think the business perspective is a go no go decision point where uh, if something doesn't meet your criteria, you shouldn't pursue it. And at the, at the time when you guys share your real numbers, I was uh, first very, very impressed that you guys shared that because you don't see this in the industry. People are keeping everything secret. Uh, second, I was um, questioning my own numbers, like why have I picked that brand, uh, that, that brand and that niche and um, why and understood right away why it did not work. So I just click. That's the first part. The second part is this nice hug that Isaac gave me. <laughs> so Isaac, hug, can you not hog by the way hug hug sorry <laughs> it sounds the same to my french ears but you know apparently it's different 
I, I don't think I gave you a pig is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you so explain the hug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. So I remember like so I was interested in in I like outdoor and maybe uh camping and stuff like that. So I was already had my mind going into what else I could do. And uh well it's it's going out in the back, and then we got a little tipsy one night, and um Isaac just got in show the, the three hugs he gave and I, I don't remember all the names of the hug but the last one the most intense one <laughs> was when he run he run on you and he just grab you like you are a tree and he just go down the tree to the floor and like a uh, fireman pole yeah yeah like exactly so i uh, recall is the atomic bear hug i was like huh that's crazy I, I like this atomic bear hug name and then it just, just got i just liked it and then two days later before we left i went to isaac i don't think remember you you, you said to me that you uh you don't remember that but are you gonna do anything with this is it trademark or is it something you want to do with and he said no no you can use it and uh whatever so i said huh i don't know what yeah, but i didn't i didn't i don't think you saw the thing right below that said but i need royalties <laughs> <laughs> subtitled for you well i i was too drunk to to be able to read it anyway <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's how the name came about. And so I, I actually want to point this out because um, the name, so you got the name and you kind of got the concept from that that weekend. Um, I want to point out the fact that there was another member there at that, at that exact same time selling the exact same products as you. I'll call him Terry. I know his name's not Terry, but I don't want to call him out for this. And he, he kept saying that he will continue to sell this despite all the great advice we gave him because he was going to sell to Mercedes and and BMW and Lexus owners, and he was going to sell at a much higher price. You took the advice and said, I'm going to stop doing this because it's just not a profitable business model. So he went that way. You went this way. I don't think that Terry sells on Amazon. And I don't think he did probably six months after we last saw him and you changed directions and actually made a great business. So I think there's something to be said about taking advice from people who know what they're talking about and actually implementing it, which is one thing I think that you did very well that, you know, there were probably a handful of people at that workshop, if they would have just taken a couple of pieces of great advice, they could still be, you know, doing very well on Amazon as well. Yeah, it's interesting that you're saying that um, a lot of people have very, a lot of pride into what they're doing, and they get um, attached to their product. And don't let me get me wrong, I Christy will, uh, will testify that I talk about my, my product, my tactical pins, and this and that. But you know, if one dies tomorrow, I have the sense that I, I cannot sell it anymore for whatever reason, or it's not profitable anymore, or whatever. I, I won't die. I won't I'm cry over it. Uh, so there's this. And also following advice, uh, I mean, from my own perspective, I like to understand things and I like to compute it and really uh, see the logic. You know, once you're capable of detaching yourself emotionally, from the the the, the you know the, the part that you're analyzing, and you are uh, li listening to people, and people can give you bad advice as well, uh, and good advice. And how do you distinguish what is a good advice that you can read in a Facebook group or something like that? Well, if you have no idea how the things are interlinked and work together, and what what is moving one piece to another, you, it's hard to decide what is a good advice. So um, that theory person you're talking about, uh, I do remember exactly that story. And I was like, this is totally silly because his product were even more expensive than mine. I was like, oh my Lord. Is <laughs> You got to have deep pocket and compete with uh, brands like Anchor and anyway. So 
Uh, I would just summarize the whole thing by saying, like, uh, make sure you, like, I, I like to understand things. I like to uh, understand why something is a great advice. And once someone gives you an advice and you ask the person why, you know, why is this good advice? What is the relationship with that? And you guys were totally sharing, um, like telling us, like, this is what, like, I remember you sat with me, Isaac, at one point, and we had the discussion, like, um, and, you know, there's so many reason why I, sh I had to move away from it. I, for me, it was just totally crystal clear. And having this discussion back and forth and questioning, like, why is it the thing? And sometimes people take this as I'm not going to follow any advice or anything like that. I like to understand it. And sometimes by pushing some pushing someone to give you more explanation, then you understand, then you, you see the reason behind it. And I think that's how it happened. Like I don't, I'm, I cannot speak for Terry that much, but I just, I just saw that um, attachment to product, the products, and also not really understanding uh, what the other person is trying to explain is potentially a reason why Terry didn't follow your yeah. advice. <laughs> and I think the the one the one consistent thing there was that you said you want to understand why, and and the, and the truth of the matter was is I actually had experience in that that category. We had actually sold the exact same product the year before and stopped for all the reasons I was telling both of you guys, probably not the best strategy to go into this. I wasn't saying you had to stop. And and, and both of you kind of had some resistance. And I was like, that's cool. But here's the reasons you need to check it out and make sure that this makes sense. And, and Terry decided to just sell for a higher price. And you decided, I have a, a quarter million dollar business that isn't paying my, my way in life. Well, let me think about how I can change my strategies and move into other products. Uh, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I, I also, you also know if you're making profit or not. Like there's, I remember I spoke with an old accountant one. He says, oh, it's not hard to know if you're making profit. Look at your bank account. Is it yeah. growing? Is it staying still or is it going down? You know, at the end of the day, that's what profit is. It's more complex than that because you can be reinvesting and growing at a rate where uh, the money is not accumulating, but you're accumulating assets. But I mean, bottom line, when you start selling, this is a good indication. If you're selling and you see your, your bank account being still or decreasing, it's a red flag, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. It's funny. We, we were just talking with the guys at MBS just before we were chatting to you. And um, we were just saying exactly the same thing. It's, it's that it doesn't matter what your top line sales are, but if you're not actually reaching the goals that you want to reach, what's the point, right? Yeah. You're going to feel really good that you've got some sales on Amazon and you can look at your screenshots, but you know, if it's not actually, uh, working for you rather than you working for the business, then what's the point in continuing? Now, I'm going to ask you this question. What do you think? I mean, obviously, we talked about coming to the workshop and talked about, you know, working with us and getting some advice. Is there any other advice that you got along the way that's kind of helped you as well in the in your journey? So that was kind of like the pivotal point. But then as you kind of started to move and grow the business, is there anything else that you've gone? Yep, yeah, that was the thing that kind of... Um, move me to the next level as well? Well, that's a very good question. I, I you know, I, I could give a lot of advice based on my, my experience, but it shouldn't matter. You don't know what was the, the key point or the, it's probably a, uh, more than one thing. So in my case, when I started the brand, uh, I, 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 we had already chat about this. So in terms of marketing, I knew that I had to have something more niche. Um, so when there's multiple phase, right? Uh, that's the way I would approach uh, the answer to that question to simplify it. There's multiple phase. There's a starting point. There's the middle point, 
and there's a scaling point, I would say. And um, each of these uh, states or the, these moments have different determining points that, or decision points that you need to, uh, to make. But when I started having a brand, a niche that was diverse enough, I could launch enough product in, and that was appealing to a certain type of customers that I could talk to in a very specific way uh, was key. So that's the initial, initial phase after that product selection. Um, and I had a, I found products that I could improve very, very slightly, not something I would spend months developing and, and thousands of dollars in mold, but something very simple. And uh, my two first product launch in that brand and the Atomic Bear uh, was uh, pretty, um, pretty successful. Like I didn't make tons of money, but I started selling and I started going going well because I made those, these little tweaks. And I, the other things I did well when I started is finding keywords that are not just like, let's say it's a spoon, um, I, just keywords like spoon uh, or met, metal spoon or plastic spoon. I, like for example, I had a bracelet. So I found a survival bracelet. So I found different way to rank this bracelet. Same thing with my tactical pen, I had different ways to rank these products and uh, to um, uh, achieve uh, success where other people hadn't ranked them. So I had like some sort of what I call blue ocean keywords where basically it's not exactly your main keyword or you, a family of your main keywords, but people searching those keywords are really interested. And back in the days, it wouldn't cost that much money to rank for uh, as many keywords, especially if the volume was not too large. So that's another thing I did well when I started. Uh, there's probably other things, but that's that was the key point. Also making sure there was enough profit in these products so I could quickly reinvest to grow or and take some money out if I needed to. So that's another thing. Um, that's the beginning. Then there's more products you want to add. So this, the, uh, between the starting point and the point where you're ready to scale, there's this, this point where you need to, in my case, I want to do it full time. So you need to bring enough revenue so that you can spend more of your time to uh, grow the business and build something. So until you have enough time to do it, you're still hustling, uh, I would say, to, to get to that point. And the more the clever decision you make earlier in that, that growing curve, the faster you get to that point. So for me, it took me about a year, uh, like I would say 14, 15 months to get to that point. And um, where I had enough money in the bank account to guarantee uh, income the equivalent of my salary for one year while having enough inventory to keep growing. So that was the, the, the turning point. And when you can work full time, then it's a matter of uh, thinking about, you know, um, how, how you how you build your business. So you have your numbers right. So you have accrual accounting so that you have the proper systems that make sure that you have a control and you have to control the knobs on your business so that you uh, you can grow it. So that's a scaling point. And also having enough money and maybe a line of credit. So these things were uh, like, you have to line them up. So at least in my case, I think that was the, uh, they were the key elements to, um, to slowly and nothing has to be rushed, right? A lot of people are like, these guys are doing $100,000 a month top, top line. And these are doing $200,000 a month. And you're like, yeah, it's great. But I, like, not everybody get to a point the same way, but if you build the pillars, solid pillars, and you know where you're heading, at least the direction, 
like it's like the turtle and the 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 hare. I don't know if there's a story in in, in English, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so you just build it slowly but surely, and you learn as you're doing this, and that's very important. Being immersed in what you're doing, like I geek out about my product to understand what the niche wants, what they how they think. And I'd also spend times to uh, listen to you guys or to listen to podcasts and to read books or uh, take classes, pay for mentorship in different aspects of the business, whether it's uh, merger and acquisition. So now, you know, I'm looking to invest to acquire brands or acquire uh, new products. So this is, this doesn't come like, like the first day. It's a process and just follow the process. Take your time, seek for advice and, um, slow down when you have to slow down, but just keep pushing. Yeah. yeah, I think that's great advice. I think a lot of people always try to rush ahead or feel like they need to be going faster. And it's like, you know, if, if you if you're driving a super fast car, but you don't know how to steer it or drive it very well, well, then you're just going to crash. So just calm down and like learn how to operate the vehicle before you start going fast, right? So I, I have a question because we always like to ask this because Everybody's going to think, you know, oh, well, you are a scientist. So obviously you have a clear advantage of, of selling Amazon goods, which obviously is not the case because it has nothing to do with this, this stuff, right? But people will always try to explain away their inability to do something because of somebody else's ability. So do you think there was something that you found as a unique skill that's helped you become successful? Because there is probably a unique skill, but it's probably not because you were a scientist, right? Well, that's interesting. I, well, being a scientist uh, didn't help me much. Like I used to talk about, you know, quantum chemistry, like, you know, like uh, electrons and, and, and torsion potential angle, like it's totally a different world. So my, all my knowledge in science is not lost. I can reuse it later in life when I, if I want to do business in that area, but when we need to get off this planet, we're going to come to you. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but you know, being a scientist, uh, I would say it's more a trait of character that um, a lot of people have, whether you're in science or not. I I know a lot of, like most, I don't actually don't know any other scientists. I'm trying to think to really be honest here, but I don't know. I don't think I know any other scientists who are selling on Amazon and build a, a business based on physical products, initially at least. Um, I don't know any, uh, trying to think about it. So definitely it's not the... Criteria, but there's definitely traits of characters that I think uh, will get you further and will uh, uh, make you more successful. Um, I'm just thinking about it now and just say it's, uh, but I would say, you know, if you are someone who um, were raised scared, uh, you know, so you cannot be scared about everything. You have to base your fear on on data and real risks, and that being scared for risky stuff is good, right? If you're driving this Ferrari but you don't have brakes, you should be scared, right? Jumping <laughs> out of a plane. Not everybody always dies when they jump out of a plane, but most of them do. So you probably should have a parachute. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's a, like, a fear is good, but um, you cannot be that fearful about trying new things and taking some risks that are calculated. The other thing is I'm someone who is always learning, um, always trying to, there's a danger between, there's a line between uh, being distracted by all shiny objects, but, um, and also just learning the skills you need to learn to move forward and the ability to uh, understand what you're 
what area you need to improve on is also great. And one of the best way to do that is to actually talk to people who are more advanced. And they say a word or two or a sentence, you have no idea what they're talking about. And I say, oh, okay, this is something I should probably know, right? So um, another skill I would say is um, being passionate about what you do. Like if you're passionate about learning, passionate about becoming better, passionate about things in life, this this is like I don't know I don't know if it's a skill, but if you if you're like that, look, first your life is a lot more enjoyable, and then you'll have all this creativity that creativity and this energy that will come naturally to you. So find something that really passion uh, you're passionate about, and and I think it's it's a uh, trait of character that I, I find is dear for me. But and when I hire people, it's something I like to see people who are curious, they're humble, they're they're, they're not afraid to make mistake, but they want to learn from mistakes. They're, they, they want to, um, to learn more. They want to, um, uh, they want to better themselves. They're passionate. They talk about something they do and they're passionate about it. Even if it's not business or, or job related, they say, you know, I, I love, I do skiing and I do this, you know, V figure that has like, whatever they get geeky about it. Like that's a good sign. And it's a person who's passionate about something. So I, for me, that's another thing that I, I find is really important and, and is a trait of character that is not related to science necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, definitely, obviously knowing you, <laughs> learning drives you forward, right? So just, and not necessarily having to implement everything right now, but it's more about the how understanding how things work so that one day you can potentially use that in your business or in your life or in your lifestyle. So I really like that kind of being curious because I think a lot of people feel that, and you talked about it earlier in terms of rushing, right? It has to be done now. Why am why aren't I achieving that goal now? So, well, if you just actually understood a little bit more about it and guess what? You'll know more when you've actually done it in the first place, right? You're going to learn. If you launch your first product, you're going to learn from that first launch. You launch your second product, you're going to learn even more. Your third product, even more, et cetera. So learn by doing as well as kind of inspiring yourself with um, different ways of doing things as well. Yeah, I was actually going to say the exact same thing. I think one of the, the key characteristics is the applied learning because that kind of carries over from you being a scientist, right? You learn something and then as a scientist, you kind of applied the learning into a field. Whereas not everybody gets that. Like some people go to undergrad school, like graduate like I did. And then never use that again for anything. <laughs> like, yeah, I have some historical reference that I can pull out of my butt every once in a while, but I'm not using it for my everyday career or anything. But that applied learning is, is kind of the th- same thing. What I got from from most of my undergrad work was problem solving ability. And I think that's one of my ba- my biggest, you know, characteristic traits. I think applied learning is one of yours because you you take the advice and don't just sit on it. You actually apply it. And then when it works, you can say, okay here's why it worked. And then if it doesn't, you can say, here's why it didn't work. Let's try something else and then apply that again. Yeah, I think, I think this is a, this is a good way to, to say it applied learning. And I, I, it's funny you're talking about that because even in high school, like I was doing chemistry and physics and everything I was learning. I was like, Oh my God, this is explaining this phenomenon. Oh, this is why this is it. And then you're boiling water. Like why is the water like temperature is still like, Oh yeah, I, I get that. Now, if you put pressure, like in a pressure cooker, Oh, like, if I put more water, is it going to be more pressure? Like, how does it work? So, uh, you know, that these type, I always, for all like those that. questions, you can go to BillNyeScienceGuy.com. <laughs> Back in the days, <laughs> you, you couldn't. 
man, I'm, I'm not that young. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with that. And uh, applied learning. And also I see like these things are like tools you put in toolbox. So you might know how to how a carpenter, carpenter can build a wall, right? You've seen uh, the, the carpenter building the wall. doesn't mean that that day you're going to go and start building walls and you will actually be very good at it. But at least, you know, this is more or less how you do it. So either I can hire someone to do it or maybe I, if it's worth my time, my, my time, maybe I can stop and really learn it and become proficient. I don't need to be an expert in everything, but knowing uh, how things are done and even getting experience and things that are more important in the business, um, depending on the stage you are, like different things are more important than others. Um, and having these tools, so it helps, it fuels your thinking. Like, when do I need to talk to an industrial designer to, to modify my product? Uh, when do I need to talk to an engineer? When do I, like, could be just a consultant to spend an hour with uh, one of these guys uh, from Upwork. Um, and, you know, knowing these things is just an enabler that makes you grow as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. And, but yeah, if you start doing everything that you hear about, then you won't be moving forward. So, uh, you know, that's a danger. Like if you have to be disciplined about your learning as well. Yeah. Well, one, I think one key thing that you have from your science background and one thing that I've learned as, from you is the, the ability to basically test and fail. So that's one key thing that you've always said is, well, in chemistry, we don't know if it's going to work, right? I'm going to come up with all these hypotheses and it's going to be based on some kind of data, but I have to kind of test it out. And if it fails, that's great, actually, because then I'm going to learn why it failed. And then that's going to help me actually develop the next iteration of the thing. So, and the thing being molecules and stuff, right? I don't know, right? But basically, I, I used to kind of, I wanted it to work first time, right? And if it didn't work first time, then I felt like, oh, God, now I failed. And whereas now I'm like, okay, it didn't work. I'm expecting it not to work because I'm expecting it to get some learning or get some result from it, not just the, the end result that I thought it was going to give me. So I think definitely that from your science background, you've kind of approached the business like that as well. You've done loads of stuff that hasn't worked in terms of the result that you wanted, but it gave you something that you could then kind of work with to get the result that you wanted. Yeah, I think that's a good a good way to say it. Like in, in research, uh, in, in like pharma research, uh, most of, one in ten projects will uh, will advance, and I think it's one in ten in the preclinical uh, uh, you know studies. And so sometimes you work two years on something, and at the end of the day, uh, some results come back, and you say, "Oh, this is not worth pursuing for these reasons." We have proven that this doesn't work. You know, so um, you know, so I used to that and. At the same time, I would say in business, obviously the, the odds in, in research is are way lower. But in research, it's in, in business, it's always about like how much you're willing to to uh, um, spend times and money to test an idea. And the fastest you get to uh, the results that you know this idea is not working, the the better it is because you haven't spent the time and the money and the the effort to to get to it. However. Sometimes I find that a lot of people stop too early trying. Um, for example, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to sell on Amazon. They have those, those few products and it fails. And they're like, oh, it doesn't work. This business model doesn't work. Uh, I, I cannot quickly and efficiently start a brand on Amazon. And all these people advertising on Facebook are full of blip. 
And, uh, you know, so at the same time, like no matter what, what business model you're trying to, to, uh, to do, you have to try it enough. Like you don't become a scientist, like in, in, in two months of, of reading books. Like it, it took me like, I don't know, 10 years of hard work to, to get to a point where I was creating, I was inventing, I was contributing to the community. So I see this a bit the same time, the fortunate position we are in in this age is that we have Amazon and we have China and we have all these these logistic resources between China and Amazon warehouses and it's so easy so it's easy to start but to become really good it's it's about trend the transformation journey you're going through the it's about what you're learning it's about your personality your strength your weaknesses and this is really what this is about. Like you are doing a degree, a business degree in practice. So do you have a teacher that helps you learn what you're trying to do? Or are you just trying to guess work it? And uh, that could make a huge difference. Um, and once you've understood the fundamentals and you, you, it doesn't mean that you're an expert, you can still make massive errors. So you have to remain humble uh, in the task and understand that taking action and, and failing is not bad and you don't put yourself in the position of failing, but also failing because you, you try something and you want to see, oh, if I write this subject line on my emails, are people going to open it or not? Oh, I had 1% open rate. I totally failed there. Um, I'm going to try to uh, modify my product to have this little bonus with it. And it turns out that it's not working. I just remove it and keep going you know so if you sit there and uh, and and think about it for three months and don't test it out then you will not know right you <laughs> will waste all this time thinking about it not doing it so i i like the idea of like taking massive action um and sometimes you have to think about what you're going to do and if this idea is good and let it simmers and have the data show you that's a good idea or sometimes you have a gut feeling when you start the gut feeling doesn't mean much you know so <laughs> yeah so yeah failing is not a, a bad thing at all for me and I, i'm not offended of about failing but sometimes you have to keep doing it long enough so you know you're failing you know you you actually learn enough to be potentially able to do it or you hire the right person to do it to help you out yeah, yeah. and i was just say thomas edison famously invented the light bulb now whether he actually did or somebody he hired to do it did or whatever um, but they, they attempted a thousand different light bulbs that didn't work before they got to the correct one that actually did work the incandescent light bulb, which is crazy. Like there's not anybody here. I don't think that's willing to put a thousand attempts into something on Amazon and see if it works, but that's the kind of mindset it really takes to succeed in life is don't worry about the failures. Cause they're just learning opportunities. Like failing is, is not a bad thing. Uh, the only bad thing I, there's probably a, a say about that. The bad thing is to not learn from your errors and your failing your failures um hopefully you will have more success you know sometimes having 10 10 failure is worth it if you're going to have like one super win and you see that with investors like in shark tanks where they um i don't know what the rate of, of success is but they don't need a lot of home run to to make it for all the failures they had so uh let's say to me this is exactly the same thing and they what they call it they call it asymmetric asymmetric uh, risk so basically the upside is huge and the downside is small. You cannot. So if you always keep this mindset of high potential upside and small potential downside, you always 
be betting on 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 chances on your on your side. You always have the risk of winning big while losing small. So it's it's the strategy that I also think I apply like um, quite like I'm trying to apply a strategy every every decision. Mm-hmm. The bigger um, decisions, uh, the more important it is to apply these. Yeah. yeah. And so you described, you know, I mean, I think that's a really big thing for people to hear is you started a business, you had, you were already, you'd sold $250,000 worth, quarter of a million, which is a lot of money. You figured out that number one, you weren't really that invested in the brand direction anyway, but also number two, it wasn't paying the bills, as you said, or it wasn't, the money wasn't coming in. So with all those ups and downs, you pivoted and then you started a new brand within a year, you then left your job or your career. And I know people are still trying to get you back to science and you keep, you know, going, why would I do that? Right. So with that said, how is your business going now? So you can, when did you start the Atomic Bear? That was three years ago now, right? Yeah. I started like the first product was live, I believe in January, 2017, uh, two products about one within one week. And, um, I left my job, my, my corporate job in February, 2018. And so we we I did my first one million a year uh, in 2019, and we I closed the year this uh, in 2020 at 2.5 million, and um, you know I don't know what exactly the net profit will be on that, but you know at the end of the day it's important to have net profit, um, and so now like we have quite a bit of money in the bank account, and that's why um, like. We now I can't afford spending the time and the money to design new products. I know the niche well, I know the space well, so I know what can work. Uh, so I can spend money there, and I know I'm very excited about these new design projects. And also, I'm looking to acquire new new brands or new SKUs that are already established that a seller would love to uh, to um, either um, uh, get partnering on or uh, simply let go. So. Um, you know, that's very exciting to me because uh, it opens a lot of opportunities and a lot of possibilities and you get to meet a lot of great people. Um, and I'm projecting doubling this number again, uh, in 2021 based on different, um, you know, different efforts we are planning now. So I'm pretty excited and building up the, uh, operation in a more, um, stable, I would say more organized way so, uh, we can scale and not, uh, get go crazy and, and get crazy about like um, <laughs> things going wrong. I hired a new employee this, uh, this summer and my, uh, my general manager, and she's, uh, she's awesome. She's doing a great job and uh, she's learning quick as well. And uh, it's, it's been a big relief. So it gives me more time to focus on uh, growth projects and um, structuring projects as well. Yeah. So you, I mean, you pretty much were on your own up until what, July this year? Yeah, that's right. Uh, last year, 2020. Oh, 2020. Yeah. yeah, 2020. Yeah. So, I mean, you grew the business to that level without even having any help, right? Yeah, that's exactly. Well, I had the customer support person and, and, and a few helpers and designers and stuff like that. But yeah, pretty much my own. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're looking to, you've got that person in the business and now you're looking to scale even further, which is awesome because, and I think that's a, a really good point is it's not just about, um, feeling that, oh, I need to get more sales. I need to do this. I need to do that. You're, you've got intentional growth paths in terms of, okay, if I want to get to this level, 
then these are the kind of strategies that I need to be able to do and put in place. And you've just, you, I know you've kind of researched a lot of different areas and now you're like, okay, these, this is the core. These are the core things that I'm going to go for this year. And then what I'm going to do next year and the following year. It's exactly it. And uh, I think this is uh, very motivating. And, you know, you set your goal and it's in five years, I want to, to do uh, like, I want to be at that level and, and it's five years. So like blurry and, and, but, at the same time, you like if I want to get there, this is the the growth path I need to to follow, and uh, I don't want to. Um, and also, I want to have fun doing this. I want to be innovative. I'm a creative person. I love to create new things. Uh, I love to have ideas or strategies uh, that work, and I love to try strategies that sometimes work, sometimes don't work. Um, and I, I love developing new products. And I, I do believe that the more you do these things, like uh, innovation, uh, creativity, uh, finding, hiring the right people. I think these are the key elements for growth when you're in the scaling zone. Um, that's really, really, and it's exciting because I'm learning every day about new things. Uh, I'm taking courses, mentorship as well. So it's a really exciting uh, time for me and I'm very excited about this business. Awesome. And also you had a very exciting Christmas. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was totally insane. Like we we closed the, the, the trailing 30 days above $1 million in sale. And we were like profitability was pretty high on this one because the price was just to the roof. And it's crazy because I had this, this tool where I do my forecasting, you know, and I, I look at the year, previous years for some of the SKUs and I look at Christmas. I'm like, Christmas is going to be mad. I, I'm going to be selling 2,500 of these and 1,000 a day of these. I'm like, this is crazy. Can it be real? So you forecast that and you, okay, I'm going to put the, the cash down to buy all this inventory. And I did. And it turned out to be, uh, we were close to be out of stock. It was just totally insane. So it was a great year. That's awesome. So obviously you go from, you know, quarter a quarter million dollars in a business that you weren't being profitable to a business that can make a million dollars in a 30 day period. And that's only in a five now, well, four, four and a half year period, I guess. But in reality, it, 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 even if that's not your goal of like, Hey, I need a million dollars in a month. All you needed, all you needed to know for you, for yourself was I need to stop doing this part of the business because it's not working. And I need to get passionate about something and move in that, which is pretty cool because uh, you know, I think a lot of people will just stay in one thing because they're like, I can see that if I just somehow make this better, I can get that $250,000 up to a million. And even if it's a low profit, it's still something, right? And and people punish themselves. It's almost like, why are you doing this? It's like, this isn't gonna help you achieve the lifestyle goals that you might want or the fun or or any of that objective. And, and I always tell people, look, if you wanna make money, go get a job. Cause you can get money every two weeks from a paycheck and probably more than you can from a, an Amazon business in the first 12 months or even 18 months for most people. So I guess I guess the point here is that you knew kind of what you want to do for yourself, but I think there's that kind of guidance that other people might need. And, and, and you maybe got some guidance on that, but was there any kind of thing there that like any resource or, you know, was there like a podcast or a book, um, you know, maybe a quote, something out there that maybe triggered that in you, even before you ever talked to us, that kind of said, okay, look, there's, there's gotta be something going on here. What kind of trend, like what kind of mindset did you have to have to kind of transform that, that, that state of business for you? 
Well, I, it's hard to pinpoint one single thing. I would say, like for me, one of the book that changed uh, the way I'm thinking is uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad from Robert Kiyosaki. It's like uh, way back, uh, uh, and that's actually it's through them that I got to find out the about the Amazon FBA opportunity. But I would I would say that, um, like for example, like this uh, one million dollar in three days was not an objective. It was not even on my my goals of the year. It just happened because it happened. Uh, <laughs> things lined up and worked and, and stuff like that. But um, I would say to, from a mindset perspective, I like books, like I'm reading, I, I'm halfway through it. But, so I'm reading slowly and trying to digest it. Uh, a book called Extreme Ownership um, from um, Joko Willing and uh, Leif, um, what's his family name? Anyway, so Extreme Ownership, it's a very good book. And, you know, I want to become like a better leader, especially now starting to hire people. I really want to be, uh, to do things the right way. So this was very inspiring. Profit First, something I read a few, few years ago already, but um, um, I don't know. There's so many sorts of inspirations. Um, I, you know, also I was fortunate enough uh, working in uh, with mentors when I was uh, the corporate in science, right? Mentors that helped me thinking and helped me to um, to um, also challenge myself and challenge others. And uh, I was often challenged in science. You've got to prove your point and, and and got to a point where you're creative, but like you have to have a good idea that it's going to work. So my mentors helped me a lot thinking about um, how to be how to be. Um, trying to kill your idea before it becomes an idea, right? So um, always be like, so that's one of the other thing, another thing that was important for me. Uh, in terms of mindset, I'm, I'm not sure, like growth mindset, what is it? Growth mindset is just believing you can do something and putting a plan that let you to go there. And um, and the more you know about, about what you can include to your into your plan to, to have growth, the more growth you'll experience. So that's the growth mindset in my book. So the more you learn, the more you know the tools you have access, the more leverage you know that you can have, um, and the more you can plan for this to happen, the better results you get. So I think that's my growth mindset in a nutshell. I haven't thought about it too much. Now it's a bit more brainstorming with you guys, you know, in the, the podcast. <laughs> well, I, think, I think it's better than obviously the, 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 the fact that you said you have to have a an objective like you have to have a, a thing that you're trying to go towards and then you put the plan together most people just feel entitled and they just want the, the thing to come to them yeah. right it's like Fair no way. it doesn't come to you you got to go to it you got to go out there and do it so i think even just that part of the strategy i mean that's a huge mindset shift that most people don't want to make because it's tough work yeah one thing i just wanted to ask you actually is because i know you do believe in mentorship you believe in learning from others that have done it before you. So what advice could you maybe give to people that, like, why did, how did you think that way? Because I know we get people, they, they want to start the business. They might want to work with us, for instance, but then they're like, yeah, but you need to do it for free or you need to um, take a profit share from my business once it's successful. You know, maybe help people to kind of frame investment in themselves and and um not not to sell us obviously but just the mindset around that that would be cool to yeah understand. that's uh, that's interesting so uh from my background like in science if you don't have mentors you can read everything in the books and in the uh, published uh, scientific papers but really when you really learn 
is by doing and talking with people who are doing it and getting the gist of it and all the things that are not written in books and stuff like that. So in business, I found out it's just the same thing. Um, you can uh, take even a business book, read it, but then to apply it and to understand what it means, really, you need to um, you need to talk to people who've done it. You need to, and people have been successful doing it. And uh, so that's one aspect. The other aspect is everybody has his own twist on what they're doing. Um, and some mentors have worked with many people, right? So if I'm, let's say, I'm mentoring someone for whatever reason, I'm not, so <laughs> nobody, I'm not mentoring anybody now, but if I was mentoring someone, I would always say the caveat is, this is only my view. I don't have the view of 10, 20 other people who have done mis made mistakes or have created businesses. So I like to work with people who have a bit of coaching and mentoring uh, experience, um, not just success in their own business, but also have a broader view of, uh, you know, uh, what is being a human in business, what is being a uh, human with your own pitfalls, with your own biases and trying to do business. So that's one thing I like to see. And it's a massive shortcut. If you have the money to pay for a mentorship, you can shortcut and uh, accelerate your, uh, your journey to be more successful. Like for me, for example, um, I won't tell, I won't list everybody I I, I did uh, work with, but one of the, the most important, the most critical um, pivotal point uh, was when I went to you guys' workshop. And I want to say publicly, I want to thank you both for putting this together at the time and uh, being that um, also genuine and that generous with sharing with me at the time and others uh, what what you guys were doing and. Uh, and the numbers and details and looking at listing, commenting, showing us your listing, your, what you guys are doing. And, you know, that was very pivotal. And without that, I would probably not be here today uh, talking about like growing a business uh, to uh, the next level. So I think, you know, and for me, it took me a lot of time. So a lot of people achieve two, three, four, five millions, like two years. And it's not the case for me. And I, I'm happy with this. Uh, I just want to take the time to learn and do it, to bring it not to, to 5 millions, but to 300 millions, you know? So, uh, but mentorship is what, like, what's the next mentorship for me? What's the next level? Uh, what's the, and I, I have some ideas and I, I actually always following someone who trying to learn from someone in something that is a direction I want to go into and meeting people that are, excellent at what they're doing, that are humble, that are always learning themselves, even though they are five years ahead of you, is is priceless, you know. So I'm just saying, yeah. So that's my vision of mentorship. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. <laughs> and it probably leads into the next the next question, but you know, well, it's just kind of a two-part question. So what kind of advice would you give to someone who's literally just going to start, right? They're just thinking about starting the Amazon business. And then the next part of the question would be, and what sort of advice would you give to someone who's wanting to grow and scale their business? Maybe they've got to that, you know, for some reason, somebody wants to get to like 50,000 a month and then they want to get to the 100,000 a month, right? So say say people are trying to aim for that 50 to 100,000, that scaling part. So first part is someone who's just starting out. And the second part is just scaling what they've currently got. 
Um, I would say someone starting out, uh, I would follow what the advice that you guys are giving to uh, your your um, apprentice. <laughs> I don't know if all you call them, uh, but yeah, I would say, <laughs> uh, I would say, uh, keep it simple. Just keep it simple. Just don't overdo it. I would say analyze and understand the numbers and immerse yourself in in that. Spend every day some time to think about the business, how it works. Look at what other listings are like. If you're going to launch your product or you want to pick your product, but spend time um, looking at product on Amazon. Spend enough time reading through the, the reviews. So, uh, yeah, I would say that. Just, just And keep it simple. Like Look at your numbers. Make sure that there's enough profitability. And that's your starting point. Assuming that you've done the, the branding, the marketing work, uh, eventually when you select your niche, what you like. I would say selecting the niche has to be done with uh, looking at products, opportunities, because if you pick a niche you're passionate, passionate in and uh, you don't uh, see opportunities in the product space that you're uh, looking into, then it's maybe not a good way to start. But find something, something that you're interested in uh, that is product opportunities and just, um, uh, just look at your numbers, make sure you're doing stuff, stuff right. And don't make any fuss. Keep it simple. Even if your profitability is not maximum when you start, as long as you know you can get there by having bigger orders, by shipping by sea, all these things, you just get going, get started, take action, keep it simple. The second question was about that was about um, the next level. Like just repeat, rinse, <laughs> just repeat what you've done that worked. I uh, just just repeat. And learn from your experience and try to get cheaper good um, or pay less for the good, get better at negotiating with, with suppliers. And it doesn't matter that much um, because often you'll shave a bit of money with, with um, aggressive negotiation. But what matters is, is getting to know how to find the right suppliers, those that will give you quality and um and just once you've got that secured, make sure you're still tracking your numbers and invest more and more products. Um, learn to uh, do your PPC. That's super important nowadays uh, or hire someone to do it. But I would say learn it first so you understand what they're talking about. Like Then hire someone to do it. I would say, you know, these are very simple key, especially on Amazon. It's relatively simple. You don't need to like go and build your Shopify store and start you know, uh, advertising on the Facebook to sell in your Shopify store while you haven't been profitable on Amazon yet. That's totally insane because Amazon gives you a platform where you can bring cash quickly. So if you bring cash and you grow your Amazon store, at some point you have all this extra cash sitting in your bank account. You take some for uh, holidays and vacation and then the, this whole lump sum is there. So then like, what can I do to sell more and uh, to become a brand that will um, be worth twice as much when I try to sell it because I have multiple sales channels going? Then you start thinking about, you know, these opportunities. So for me, for example, I, I have done this mistake in the past of uh, trying to push and learning a lot, a lot how to build funnels and stuff like that. So I'm not saying it's not working. It's not worth your time. But in terms of opportunities, opportunity time and money-wise, um, I will, I'm waiting for, for this to push this later because um, it's more challenging. So, and it's not simple. It's a different game. Um, and it's something that will increase the value of my business, but 
don't need to do it now, you know? So keep it simple, repeat what you've learned that worked. Uh, check the box of good supply chain, of learn, like being good at writing good listing, having good imagery, PPC, and that should be it. And then you can grow to 50,000, 100,000 a month with just these simple steps. Awesome. Yeah. And I didn't, I, and just because we married, I didn't tell, tell him to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't read from a teleprompter or anything. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's great information. I mean, we always, we're always, you know, sticklers for trying to make things simple because when you can do things simply, you can understand it. That means that you won't get so overwhelmed or confused. And that means you can continue to successfully, you know, optimize the business on your own kind of level of understanding. And if you can do that, then really it's just a matter of, like you said, repeating those processes over and over and over again, which is awesome because there's no real secrets to business other than just follow the advice and the roadmaps that are already laid out there. And then just do it the way that you see that's going to work for you best, obviously based on the advice and the, the understanding of that roadmap and don't stray from it. Cause that's when, when you stray from it, that's when you, when you start to fail a lot, like, Hey, look at this thing over here. That's, that's deterring me off of my path. And that's when people start going, Oh, I've spent a hundred thousand dollars. I haven't seen a single dollar back. It's because they're, they're straying from that, that roadmap or that blueprint for sure. So thanks very much for that. And, and awesome. You know, I think we spent like an hour talking now and, and it's great because I think people need to hear this multiple times from different perspectives and from different people's, uh, you know, experiences, because, you know, I think, you know, Napoleon Hill did a, a research of like the 500 biggest CEOs of the time or business leaders at the time. And, you know, doing these podcasts, we see the same things come from each person who's successfully doing the Amazon business. It's, it's the same simple focused product research, branding, like everything that you just mentioned, supply chain, lowering your ads, just get like these five, six strategies down and, and repeat that and then scale that. And then if you need help, get help where you, where you need it, but get to the understanding point where you can actually do it yourself and simplify it for yourself first, which is awesome. So cool guys. Uh, you know, obviously we want to thank our guest Jean-Francois for all the great insights and information today. And if you guys like what you heard today on the show, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share our podcast with friends who might get value out of it as well. Also, if you're looking for some free training, head to www.goteamreal.com to see our real Amazon seller training there. And guys, we'll see you on the next show and we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.